Welcome to the Monday Night Scores, a wrestling podcast covering the epic battle for rating supremacy between WWF Raw and WCW Monday Nitro. We relive the war skirmish by skirmish to decide which show we think should have won the fight for viewing figures that week. We then reveal which show actually did take the gold in the Nielsen ratings using our golden envelope. Last time out. Vince and the gang had to play second fiddle to Fido as Raw was bumped off the TV listings in favour of the Westminster Dog Show. And with an open goal to slot into in order to march ahead in the ratings war, Nitro clocked up the highest ratings of any Monday night show in the wars so far. But the turgid dross they served up might mean that new viewers don't return. So what will happen this time? There's only one way to find out. But before we get into it, we best start by introducing ourselves. I am one of your hosts, my name is Steve, and I am, as always, joined by a man who was once kicked out of the Basildon branch of SCS for reconstructing his front room in the shop in its entirety to see if a sofa he was thinking of buying would fit, screaming, you've just lost a sale, as security <laughs> escorted him from the building. <laughs> it's the one I only need to pick a gym. All right, Jim. <laughs> Yeah, hello. I'm, I'm, I'm all right, sir. Very good. Any uh, gardening updates for us uh, after the, the the big harvest last time? Yeah, no, the big harvest is done now, isn't it? That's, that's it for the year, really. There's no... Um, we're out of season now, aren't we? So I haven't really tried growing out else. Oh. There's been nothing from... No word from Bull Rush. I'm starting to think... <laughs> they're just a bunch of fucking ungrateful pricks, aren't they? Now? So <laughs> if you're listening, Bull Rush, we don't want your fucking money. We don't want your fucking money. Keep it. <laughs> it's a nice positive start. <laughs> but yeah, no, nothing, nothing much more to say really. Um, yeah, the cat's been dipping in and out of the of the the form, like you know where the where the carrots used to grow, and is constantly digging stuff up oh, all the time. No. But Jesus. it's kind of the jokes on him really because there's no <laughs> carrots in there. <laughs> So you can fuck off and all, like Bull Rush. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, do, do Lost Liam now. I'll try. <laughs> this isn't going anywhere good. <laughs> and I'm also joined by another man who's hailing all the way from the Spanish announce table, where he was heard just this last week lamenting Porque siempre pasan por nuestra mesa. Why do they always go through our table? It's the one and only lost Liam. All right, Liam. Hello. How's it going this week then, Liam? Have you enjoyed uh, the usual dross of Nitro, Raw, and, uh, of course, our bonus in your house? Yeah, entertaining as always. Um, but I've been doing a bit of research myself. Go on. So um, <clears throat> you wish you'd have challenged last time, actually, didn't you, to find a worse tag team name than the American Males? I did. So I've been busy digging through the archives, <laughs> looking at what you know the organisations had to, to offer, and there's, there's a couple I'd like to put forward uh, for consideration. Amazing. The floor is yours. Okay, so entry number one. Uh, this, is my, this is my number three slot. Right. We've got the Killer Bees. <laughs> so I'll tell you a little bit about them as well. So the, killer bees. the killer bees. So wait, hang on, just to clarify, sorry, Liam. This is the 
third. Yeah, this this is, we're gonna we're gonna go. We're gonna go up. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is bronze. This is this is the bronze. This is bronze. bronze. Worst this name. is bronze. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. There's a de- there's a definite winner for me, but you two can be the judges of this. Right. But yeah, the, entry entry number three is the Killer Bees. Yeah. So I'll give you a little bit of background. So the Killer Bees, uh, they were a tag team in the WWF from 1985 to 1988, and the Killer Bees were made up of Jumping Jim Brunzel and B Brian Blur. And uh, their gimmick was that they, they wore matching black and yellow trunks and masks. And the name comes from the Miami Dolphins defensive unit, who at the time uh, was so dominant in the league. And they were called the Killer Bees because of how many players on the defensive line had surnames beginning with B. <laughs> so these lads have, have, have took a play on that, and they've got surnames beginning with B. And I dug a little bit deeper into this, and this apparently was the brainchild of none other than Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> and so there there's it a is. surprise. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a strong opening, Liam. That's a strong opening. So entry number three is the Killer Bees. Yep. Right, entry number two. We've got the Dynamic Dudes. <laughs> oh, no. So the Dynamic Dudes, they were a tag team that appeared on WCW from 1989 to 1990. And they consisted of Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace. And <laughs> oh, their, God. And their gimmick... Douglas was that uh, they were skateboarders with bleached <laughs> blonde hair that the kids would look up to and think that were, they were really cool. Oh, yeah. Which that predictably really cool. didn't work because both <laughs> of them were like 40 plus. And one of them was John Laurinaitis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but interestingly, they were managed by Jim Cornette, which, which surprised oh, wow. me for a short yeah. period of time. Yeah, wow. um, paid, paid his dues there as Cornette. <laughs> What cracked me up about this was it mentioned that Zero had skateboarding experience, so that just <laughs> fell at the first hurdle, didn't it? <laughs> Can either of you skate? No, oh, it's fine. Couldn't even do an ollie. <laughs> there, was, there was no chance of, of pulling anything off. Um, but apparently this was the brainchild of Jim Ross, who, who, thought, who thought that these lads could be the next generation's rock and roll express. Wow. Wow. I mean, the dynamic dudes. What? The dynamic dudes, yeah. <laughs> So they wore like really bright coloured clothing, you know, blatantly obvious, obviously uh, bleached her. And, yeah, Just skateboarders. like skateboarders. Skateboarders, yeah. So that was entry number two. Oh, wow. Uh, and my favourite to take the title is this one. Right, so back in 2005, there was a tag team that appeared on Smackdown called The Dicks. <laughs> what? What? And the, uh, and the Dicks... Consisted of James and Chad Dick. <laughs> and their gimmick that they were... Uh, the, the gimmick, sorry, was that they were Chippendale dancers who would use baby oil to sabotage their opponents. <laughs> and by no surprise, they were released five months later. Oh, my God. Did that go on the telly? Yeah, yeah, they, they were short five months. They lasted, but apparently, what what happened was what what led to the, the downfall of the dicks <laughs> was that they used to get quite a lot of uh, hot banter chucked their way in the locker room because of this gimmick. Uh, so JBL would be one of them, and Chris Benoit would be another one who'd, who'd give them a lot of heat towards this. They'd be taking the piss out of them. Fair enough. Um, yeah, that's a word. The dicks. Yeah, Chad. Uh, so, so, so James and Chad Dick. The real names was Chad Chad Wicks. And tank Tolland. Uh, so one of them was okay with this, 
So Tank was apparently okay with this. He took it on board, all this banter. But Chad wasn't happy with this. So uh, he was the one that, that got a bit arsy one day. And he uh, he planned on jumping JBL and, like, you know, assaulting him. Jeez. But Tank had, got, Tank had got wind of this. <laughs> and rather than allowing this assault to take place, the two, the two dicks got into a fight of their own. <laughs> so, so rather than getting heat from the company... Tank instead thought it was a better idea to leather Chad in the face, which resulted in Tank breaking two of his own fingers. Oh my god, it's incredible! And from that, they were they were, they were released from 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 that altercation. So they both got fired. Yeah, they were released. Yeah, got from the from the, from the back of this. But I couldn't find out who was the genius behind this shock. Um, I bet you couldn't. And as the name quite rightly suggests, what a couple of dicks these two really were. That's amazing. So there you go, they're the, the, the three. Because he was Chad Wicks. Yeah, yeah. That's why they were all the whole way tag through team. high school. Exactly. Yeah. the whole tag team. Of course it's Chippendale dancers. Oh. Chippendale dancers who were, who were using baby oil to sabotage opponents. <laughs> that is incredible. 2005. I mean, I can't believe I, I mean, I didn't watch it particularly in 2005, but I'd have thought. I thought, yeah, I thought yeah. we'd yeah. by now. Chop, chop, but sweet. That was a great little history segment there, Liam. I loved that. It was. That was incredible. You're welcome. I think we'll have to keep this. Been very bored over the last couple of weeks, as you can see. (laughs) (laughs) That is superb. Amazing. So surely the dicks, the dicks have got have got to take the uh, the title. That's worse than the American males, yeah. Definitely. One hundred percent. Surely. One hundred percent. Thank you very much. Two dicks were fighting each other. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's Two what, dicks are fighting. What a turn. Right, well, we best get into it then. All right, Jim, don't worry. I've got us placed in history with some cultural reference points. Here we go. Let's set the scene. The date is the 19th of February, 1996. This week, in film... Train Spotting, Danny Boyle's dark comedy drama starring Ewan McGregor and Robert Carlyle, was released in UK cinemas. And Wes Anderson made his directorial debut with Bottle Rocket, featuring brothers Owen and Luke Wilson for film buffs out there, of which I am not. In showbiz, Jarvis Cocker staged his infamous protest against Michael Jackson's Brit Awards performance, in which he invaded the stage and showed Jackson his arse before being arrested and taken for questioning. But can you two tell me who acted as Cocker's solicitor? Clarence Mason. I mean, that would have made perfect sense. What a shame <laughs> it wasn't. It was only Bob Mortimer, who was Bob there Mortimer. at the Brit Awards, pissed, and a trained solicitor saw Cocker <laughs> get arrested and went, I'll give you Ann Jarvis, and he did. <laughs> and in music, fun-loving criminals released the album Come Find Yourself. Idaho released Three Sheets to the Wind in an apparent Ric Flair tribute. And Les 54321 released 12 by 2 in an apparent Hacksaw Jim Duggan tribute. And a couple of Stonewall classic heavy albums were released, including In Flames' The Jester Race, which admittedly sounds like Taskmaster and Hogan doing the 60-yard dash. And Sepultura released Roots, which features Lost Liam's favourite running song, Ratamahata. That's not a joke, that's just true. And that's it for this week. Right, now we know what we're sneaking into the cinema with fake IDs to see, what we were reading about in the newspaper gossip pages, and what we were headbanging to on school trips. Oh, lost him while he was running. Let's see how Vince and Eric tried to compete with that lot. 
There'll be freshly shaved stone cold ringmasters predictably appearing, set your watch by it, honestly, every time, here comes the running taskmasters. But no comically marching, rumble-dropping, comedy waste of an entry bushwhackers. Let's get cracking. And we kick off with the Raw Rundown. But first, we've got the small matter of the In Your House 6 Rage in the Cage pay-per-view coming from you live from the Louisville Gardens in Louisville, Kentucky. First up was the crybaby match between the 1-2-3 adult uh, and Razor Ramon. The loser must wear a diaper and have a baby's bottle stuffed in their mouth. Stipulations created by the 1-2-3 kid as part of his quest to humiliate Razor and to be seen as an immature kid by the wrestling world no longer. The winner, as we all knew it would be, was Razor, who plants two Razor's edges on the kid before getting the pin. The incapacitated kid then has a bottle of water stuffed in his gob by Ramon, who then applies a diaper, despite gesturing to the crowd that he doesn't really want to do this, but you asked for it, kids, type thing. And then he covers the loser's face in baby powder. What a bastard. It all looks as daft and shite as you'd expect, and given that the kid's been wandering around carrying a giant baby's bottle for a few weeks now, it doesn't really embarrass the kid any more than he already did himself. And it did get me thinking, if all of this was to be applied to the incapacitated loser of the match, why didn't kid just keep quiet about it and then just do it to Razor if he won, and then he, you know he's, there's no risk to him and Razor wouldn't think to do this. So, But anyway, a shambles after another decent enough match between these two, but fucking hell, we've had five million of them, so what's the point? Surely done. Surely done. Surely yeah, this has got to be. There can't, can't be any more now. <laughs> can't. Absolutely can't. Can't possibly. <laughs> Next, Hunter Hearst Elmsley defeated the freshly shaven Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, courtesy of Triple H's hair clippers uh, on Superstars in the week's preceding. In a solid bout, both lads are very proficient in ring performers and then some in Triple H's case, obviously. And the crowd seemed pretty into Duke, as the lads keep calling him on comms for reasons I can't really work out. <laughs> Uh, and the Overduke, by the way, looked like he was going to win the bout after landing his finisher, uh, the Trash Compactor, <laughs> a tiller will power slam. Amazing. But instead of covering the stricken Helmsley, his desire to avenge his lopped locks causes him to think with his dustbin rather than his head, and he slides out of the ring, grabs his bin, and then comedy ensues. Drozzy, in full sight of the remonstrating ref, begins by tossing the bin lid into the ring, where it absolutely plants edge first, Triple H in the forehead with a clang, which the downed Elmsley then has to sell like a stomp, which he does well. <laughs> but I'd have been shoot rolling around loudly and paying like Peter Griffin when he falls and hurts his knee if this had hit me in the fucking forehead. I'd have been furious. Anyway... Duke then throws the main crash, trash can into the ring, which the ref immediately picks up, because of course he does. So Drozzy then stupidly argues with the ref to give him his can back in pathetic scenes. He's like, oh, come on, give me, give me, no, come on, for ages. Which gives Triple H the chance to pick up the bin lid and clock the dumpster on the skull with it. But the issue is that the ref gets rid of the can too quickly, or... Uh, Drozzy takes too long to turn around to feed the bin lid hit from Triple H meaning the ref has to just stand staring outside the ring for about 20 minutes with his back to the action waiting for the hit which eventually comes around but then Triple H almost like cartoon almost loses the bin lid has to like toss it beneath his legs <laughs> as he gets out of the ring which the ref sees <laughs> And then has to turn back around again to pretend what? Like, just in case the bin has somehow made its way back into the ring. Absolute shite. Anyway, this gets Triple H the win. And you can see him at the end, head up, covering his mouth and asking the ref, I assume, what the fucking hell happened there, lad? <laughs> it's just <laughs> shite. Uh, next up, an advert for WWF sweatshirts in the WWF The Store with a Doc Hendricks voiceover to inform us that jumpers with prints of Taker and HBK... <laughs> are available in one size fits all, which Doc then clarifies is extra large. <laughs> Amazing. 
<laughs> Absolutely <laughs> shut up. Then we get, uh, for the first time ever, lads, the first time ever, we hear the newly face-turned Japanese sumo wrestling monster, Yokozuna, speak. Doc Hendricks interviews him. There were two shocks. One, he cuts a pretty good promo, does Yoko, with, with a missed opportunity to have him do this more, not least because he could have had, you know, as a regular section called Yoko Promo, I thank you. And two... He's got a full-blown American accent. Not even a hint of Japanese in there. Not like he's picked it up as he's been here. No, no. He's, he's clearly a Yank. <laughs> Great. Anyway, in his match, a decent match, I thought. Um, Yoko, we haven't, we haven't, you know, we, last week I said he the best we'd seen him on Raw for a while. I thought this was mm. even better. Uh, lots of credit to Bulldog, obviously, for doing all the running around and all the rest of it. But decent enough match. Anyway, ends in the DQ. Yoko lands a huge belly-to-belly suplex that was fantastic. Is about to pin Bulldog when Cornet enters, waxing with the uh, the old tennis racket, uh, gets a DQ. Uh, he rounds uh, does Yoko on Corny and then Vader enters, uh, batters Yoko, uses some handcuffs to cuff him to the top rope keeps battering him, as does uh, Bulldog, setting up more few for these guys. Cornet's right back out in the action after this, though, and as his charge, Owen Hart is taken on HBK as the latter seeks revenge for Hart knocking him out of action, potentially forever, only for Michaels to return at the Rumble, which he won, earning him a shot at the WWF title belt at WrestleMania, but now realising he has something that Hart wants, HBK's putting this on the line to allow him to get his hands on Hart in revenge. Very good match indeed, just as you'd expect from these two, but uh, there wasn't much like revenge-seeking nastiness from HBK, he just went to win the match so it was just sort won. of he was just there to dance wasn't he he, 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 was, he was dancing on the set at the beginning for a, quite a long time that, oh, that entrance was so long yeah it was horrible and then at the end <laughs> when he when he got the fan in the ring he was dancing again so uh, well, yeah so he wins sweet your music on Owen gets the three and then you rightly say um <laughs> he then proceeds to dance with and then hot dog in his HBK pose with a young girl from the crowd who's decked out in adult size HBK merch for ages <laughs> for ages one size fits all <laughs> then our main event the rage in a cage saw WWF champ Bret Hart taking on Diesel for the gold inside a steel cage of course and you know how big title matches, they usually start like super quick, especially cage ones, really fast action, like, and then it slows when they're both tired and it gets this sort of big blow to blow and seesaws between who's going to... This one just starts slow and stays slow for the entire time. It goes Anything on forever, forever, and nothing really happens until the finish, when just as it looks like Diesel's going to escape out of the cage door, which I always hate. Garbage. Nonsense. Yeah. Just, what are you doing? Total nonsense. Why have you... He's in a cage, but he can just walk out at any point when he asks the referee nicely. What's the fucking point? Just lock it and leave it. Anyway, as he's going to do that, Undertaker, who has apparently been beneath the ring the entire time, hand flies up through the ring, breaks the mat, grabs Diesel, pulls him <laughs> under the ring too, and then smoke immediately starts coming out, allowing Hart to climb out the cage and get the win and retain the title. Before Diesel re-emerges from the hole, followed by Taker, with ripped pleather trousers looking traumatised. <laughs> Insert joke here. I'm not touching it. And we end the show with Diesel walking away back at the ramp with Taker staring him down from atop the cage. Why did the smoke come out of the hole? <laughs> yeah, it was strange, wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> it's like, you know, Thunderbirds, where, like, anything, like, bumps into anything else explodes. <laughs> it's yeah. like... Takers involved smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Strange. What was supposed to have happened? 
I, don't, I have no <laughs> idea. And genuinely, obviously, the, I don't know how they got him down. Some kind of, you know, ramp as they were set in the cage or something. But Brutaker's been there. This match was fucking, it went on for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's match, been under it? there. He must have been cramping up like fuck. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. I hate to see Bret Hart as well, like, stealing the win. I know, you're so right. What's the... Yeah. What did you make of that then, lads? As underwhelmed as I was. Uh, Yeah, I think we're on a a bad run, I think, with the the pay-per-views with both shows, to be honest. Uh, They're failing to to, uh, deliver at uh, at these monthly slots, so this was just another one to, to the list. Correct. I think to be fair, your indici- your run down there was a lot more exciting than yeah, the actual thing. So yeah, it was. Um... I might go and watch it again just to check. <laughs> <laughs> just skip to the drowsy bit where he hits Triple H in the head with the, with the trash can. Yeah, that was comedy. That was great. <laughs> Clang! Hell of a shot. <laughs> <laughs> so that was in your house six. But how did all of that play out the following night on Raw? Over to the Raw rundown to find out. And we kick off, as we currently must do, with Sonny in some kind of carry-on-meets-Vince's-private-VHS collection. And this time, <laughs> she's at the beach, breathily telling us that viewer discretion is advised, or something, the content's too raw or too hot or something. I, I stopped listening. Anyway, uh, Raw seems to do well with teenage lads at the moment, and I, for one, cannot imagine why. Next up is a movie montage recap with Vince set as ever to full gravel, giving us the lowdown on last night's In Your House pay-per-view to catch us all up. And once again, it's much more entertaining than the pay-per-view itself. And we head into the arena, finally, where the bad guy Razor Ramon is making his way to the ring. And Vincent King at ringside give us the loose reasoning that Razor lost the Intercontinental title to Goldust due to the 123 Kid's interference. And so he's taking on Goldust again tonight, now he's beaten the 123 Kid. Is that how you get a title shot? You just. <laughs> what? What's this? Apparently so. You've got to put a diaper on a young lad and then he's straight to the front of the queue. That's it. You can just pick up where you left off. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> just pick up where you left off. I'd be fuming if I was gold dust. I know. I'm Razor. <laughs> what are we doing here? Anyway, Goldust then makes his superb entrance, up there with the best of the biz at this point, I reckon, and his manager, Marlena, lights a cigar at the top of the ramp, uh, and then they get to the ring, and then she starts coaxing Razor over the apron, only to blow smoke in his face. But it, the lights were off, so I couldn't really see yeah. it. I don't know if, I don't <laughs> yeah. know if she actually got it in his face, because he then immediately turns round. Oh, he's straight out of the blocks, isn't he? <laughs> So he's not been blinded or anything. If anything, some kind of like elixir to uh, enhance his performance. <laughs> some kind of Goldust battery elixir. It's like that thing out of Harry Potter, or is it that Felix Felicity or something? <laughs> he was oh, straight out the traps. Pumped his head in. Turns around, smoke blow his face, he's battering Goldust. All within about two seconds. <laughs> Well, straight straight away here, because obviously he gets yeah. off to a fast start. Did you did you see him fling the uh, the gold dust robe? He fl- he flung it out the ring, but he he done it he done it too much, and it went into the crowd, didn't it? That's got so to that's got to be pricey. That it's yeah. a lot so of the, young, the young lads are just like grasping onto it, like they've got a nice souvenir, and there's just a cameraman in the corner, just like creeping over, <laughs> just asking for it back. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love everything about this. I've said when they uh, when they got when they had that, that backstage brawl a few weeks ago. I remember saying that was one of the best things I'd seen on Raw so far. But I think this top whenever these two get together, it's always uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's always absolutely gold. Yeah, absolutely good. right. 
you saw you saw Spawn. And yeah, Goldust, I mean, unbelievable selling as well. Just absolute best. When he's getting like chucked around all over the place, it's like he's super selling everything. It looked brilliant. He's so good. A great match from these two, I thought, as ever. And props to Jerry Lawler, who listened to our demands and pleaded with Vince not to call Goldust bizarre, arguing that he's <laughs> unique, not bizarre, spot on king. TMNS approved. Um, as I say, some cracking action this one. Uh, but uh, the crowd were dead into it. They were absolutely hot as fuck for this. They they loved it. And I can I can totally see why we called us. Um, but they were, you know, he's, he's a superb bad guy. But they were fully backing the bad guy in this. Ramon was dead over, so fair enough. About that fucking uh, that fall away slam over the top rope. Where oh, fucking yeah. unbelievable! <laughs> it's one of those yeah. you go when they always tip stuff like that, like suplexes to the outside yeah. and stuff. You go, yeah, yeah, and you wait for them to reverse it or get out of it, and he didn't. He just threw wow. it. <laughs> what a bump that was! Unbelievable, yeah. absolutely unbelievable. Both took some big bumps, didn't they? Going over the ropes, Razor yeah. took one on yeah. the arm. It, yeah. was, it was it was great. It's, it's yeah, a... phenomenal match. Uh, into the finish then, and Razor starts to capitalise with a massive and gorgeous-looking superplex into a fallaway slam over the top rope, as you mentioned, Jim, to the outside. Looked absolutely amazing. Into a clothesline on the outside, back into the ring, a belly-to-back suplex from the top turnbuckle as he continued the onslaught. But here, Goldust has had enough. He and Marlena hightail it to the back to a chorus of boos, giving Ramon the win, but not the belt. Brilliant. Spot Superb again from Goldust, bumping all over, giving like the crowd are like loving it, and then he's like walks off. So the crowd look like he's gonna, you know, he's gonna drop the belt. The crowd are loving it, and he just walks away. It's like, proper heel move. It's superb, and the crowd, yeah, the heat, oh, just perfect. Anyway, <laughs> I watched this about four times. Oh, it was, it was fucking unbelievable! <laughs> unbelievable, this. Razor's straight on the mic though. And cuts an absolute stinker of a, I don't think you realise what you just said, Razor, promo for the ages. He starts off this pseudo-Shakespearean speech by addressing the no longer present gold dust. Gold dust, he begins. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, I'm sorry, I knew. Hang on. Strap yourselves in here. (laughs) This is just unbelievable. He's not. He's he's not meaning this even, is he? No, he's not, he's not. no, no, he's not. He's cut, he's doing. He's adlibbing this promo. <laughs> yeah. he? the, he's the story. You make it up, and this yep. is what he's. This is what he's. This is, this is what's happened. Yeah. Gold dust. He begins. I don't want your belt. I want. <laughs> Can I just cut in here, right? So we've just had that match. What a way to kick off. So the fans are all fuming. We've yeah. had that title match. He seemed like he was trying to win it. Yeah. The fans are all fuming that Razor didn't win the belt because Goldust has got himself counted out. Yeah. First thing he says, don't want the belt. Not bothered. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Turns out he didn't want it anyway. Immediately killed it. Immediately Because what he it. does want is... <laughs> <clears throat> Goldust, <laughs> he begins, I don't want your belt. I want... Your ass. <laughs> this prompts Vince to say, well, we said it was raw. Don't think that helps, Vince. And King then exclaims, what? Correct. You didn't need to say any of this, Razor. You could have been back in the locker room now and all would have been well. He doesn't stop there, though, with this homoerotic admission that Goldust, given his seemingly sexual pursuit of Razor over the last few weeks, will be only too happy to hear. No, Razor then goes on to have his very own Rowdy Rodney Piper moment. (laughs) (laughs) You know, says Ramon, I've been hearing so much about the return of the Great One. The legend from the glory days is back. He's our new president. 
Roddy Rowdy Piper. <laughs> King tries to cover it. He's been knocked senseless, McMahon. Loved that from King. Loved it. <laughs> Perfect. Unbelievable. Razor continues. I heard you say one time <laughs> that you've got six kids. And that makes you hot rod. Well, Razor, <laughs> he loves the little kids. I love the kids. <laughs> Again, none of this needed to happen, and I don't think you know what you're saying here, Razor. He goes, he goes on to say that he doesn't want his kids seeing this kind of stuff, gestures in the direction, you know, where Goldust was about an hour ago now, on TV. Well, you're going to hate it <laughs> when your kids watch this promo back then, Razor. Go the one telling everybody want Goldust ass <laughs> on TV. <laughs> Goldust didn't say that. <laughs> it might be suggested, but you're saying it. So he says, he's doing this. He loves kids. I love the kids. And he hates this sort of stuff being on TV. He doesn't want it on. What's the only solution? As he says this, the camera cuts away to, to a shot of some kids in the crowd. And one of them, unfortunately... He's just creepily licking his lips. Do you mean? It's all gone disastrously wrong. It's all of it. I'm staggered this has made it to the network. Like, I don't know how. I think these are the kids as well that nearly had Goldust's robe off as well, so. <laughs> so they love this kind of stuff on TV. <laughs> just, just to me, if, if, if Razor, because he loves the kids and he doesn't want this kind of stuff on TV... Right. Like, what would be the only logical solution here is to ask, what did he call him? Rowdy, Roddy Rowdy Piper. Roddy Rowdy Piper, yeah. <laughs> he's, asked, he's asked Roddy Rowdy Piper for a match with Goldust that I can only presume will take place on TV. Oh, yeah. He's really more attention match. to the problem. <laughs> I don't want this on my TV, but I'm going to have a match with you. And it's probably going to be on a fucking TV. What is going on here? Oh, it's amazing. So... So bad kid licking his lips. Just, <laughs> Jesus. So the very bad guy, as I'll now be referring to him, then finally gets to the point and he demands Piper make a match between him and Goldust, in spite of the fact that this is exactly what he's just had. He just did batter Goldust. And as you say, Jim, he didn't want to win the title then. He wasn't bothered about it. So again, I don't know why he's, he wants to rinse and repeat this. You know, every feud he has ad nauseum, particularly on this one. And he's kind of mocking... Roddy Rowdy Piper, isn't he? Saying fucking, you know, you know, like implying he's scared to make the match or something, but he's just yeah. already made it once. Like you just yeah. said, he's already made it once. Exactly. And you don't like this being Goldust being on telly anyway, so that's another time you're putting him on. He's already been on tonight, and then we're going on again in a couple of weeks' time. 100%. Madness. And anyway, he then finishes his uh, kid-friendly segment by continuing to encourage Goldust again, saying, you think I'm sexy? You think I'm hot? You're right. And that's, that stops there. There's no, there's no point. Um... <laughs> That's it. Uh, then he again refers to the president as Roddy Rowdy Piper, <laughs> followed by, ooh, big shot, you're the matchmaker, making yet another dating reference that Goldust will no doubt be over the moon to hear. Make me a match. With his f final sentence being interrupted by his own music, as Vince has clearly told someone in the production truck <laughs> to end this car crash now, leaving Razor to just get the point and go, yeah! <laughs> oh, Mike. <laughs> Unbelievable. Absolutely superb. Next, we see The Undertaker emerge from his own coffin with some cheesy graphics printed on it as Paul Bearer beckons him out and towards the arena. 
As Doc Hendricks is then giving us a detailed rundown on everything happened in your house last night, he's interrupted by Vader and Jim Cornette who march down the ramp, enter the ring, and then the big man starts battering Aldo Montoya and Barry Horowitz, who were scheduled to be taking on the body donners, but instead are left to get marmalised by Big Van Vader as the monster's push continues. Vader cleans house and the crowd boos. That's about it for this segment. But Vader's looking super strong again. Great. We cut away to an Ultimate Warrior promo, huh? With Vince claiming that Roddy Piper is setting up a Warrior comeback. It's just a highlight reel of Warrior's greatest hits and his mental yeah. shite promos, and we get no info other than that. What the fuck's this? No idea. What? No idea. Yeah, abysmal. Then a pre-taped promo once again shows a scantily clad Sonny, who this time is singing a sultry <laughs> version of Happy Birthday, Mr. President, with a glass of champers. <laughs> <laughs> we then cut back to the arena as Vince says you have to wonder which president she's speaking about <laughs> and we see Bob Backlund in the crowd campaigning for a WWF oh, presidential run I thought we were done with Bob Backlund I thought he I thought he'd be gone now I thought he'd be in the backfield <laughs> I've forgotten uh... all about this angle and I wish I had not been reminded <laughs> at least he's not in the ring that's, that's all yeah, I true say. true Anyway, as if things couldn't get any worse, Marty Giannetti's music hits and the oh. spandex onesie and mullet on, combo Marty. himself legs it to the ring before his opponent's sinister music takes over. And out of the darkness, the sparkling million-dollar belt emerges from the gloom before its wearer, accompanied by Ted DiBiase, comes into view. It's the ringmaster who, for the first time, looks like Stone Cold. Yeah, he looks great. Unbelievable. Dawn was shining, wasn't it? Well, wasn't it just? Oh, yeah, it was, it, 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 as much it was, as the million-dollar belt. <laughs> it was a freshly shaved head, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> he shaved his head for the first time, and the gimmick name discussions backstage have seemingly already started, as Vince yeah. actually describes him twice during the match as being stone cold. Cracking to hear these faithful words being bandied around for the first time. Bloody it's like, uh, you know, it took on what, three weeks to realise the ringmaster's a shite name? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're already transitioning. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. <laughs> what about Marty Giannetti going tasselless in uh, the ring of time? <laughs> I know just, he's just, just about the evolution of his character. Maybe someone's <laughs> had a word with him as well. <laughs> Drop them, Marty lad. It's embarrassing now. No, no, it's just natural progression of his character. What about the new rockers that we're getting mentioned? Oh, oh no. yeah, yeah. Oh, God, was a bit forming a new ta- na- new tag team, isn't he? Let's rehash the old shit when HBK was in it. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ! No, no, I, I don't know. Like, I was a bit disappointed when his singles push is coming to an end, but I'm sure he's gonna. <laughs> I'm sure he's gonna stay the new rockers. To the heights that the old rockers never even, uh, you know, never reached. What say, I'm sorry. Who are you hoping for? As he's oh, the partner. partner. Yeah, because you're, you're you're the the, the ultimate fan. So I, I, I generally I generally don't know who it is. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna wait to be surprised. It'll obviously be you know the second string. Junetti will be, <laughs> be the one making the comebacks and everything like that. So he'll be the one gets a hot tag to Junetti, whoever it's gonna be. <laughs> but it'll be be interesting. Yeah. Presume it's gonna be you know an all-time great team. <laughs> The new rockers. We all remember him. <laughs> yeah, that's still the test of time, dude. As we go on now. Everyone talks about him. Hardy Boys. <laughs> the rockers. Oh, the, the new, new rockers. rockers. Sorry. <laughs> Don't forget the dicks. Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Entering the ring, Ringmaster stares right down the barrel of the hard camera and looks appropriately enough like a million bucks, as you say, Lee. 
Some fast-paced grappling starters off, and Vince says Ringmaster has all the tools to go straight to the top. I think you're probably right there, Vince. After taking some striking blows and being thrown to the outside, Ginetti is then guillotined onto the top rope. Then he misses with a splash as Ringmaster brings up on his knees to counter. Ringmaster has got an answer for absolutely everything Marty throws at him here. It's, it's, it's like, to quote JR, a man playing with children. Ringmaster applies a textbook <laughs> STF and Ginetti is in trouble. Some Back to the Future fans are in the crowd, though. As a Marty, Marty chant starts. Don't really understand, but there you go. But they're quickly quelled as Ringmaster continues his beatdown. Into the finish, and after a short-lived Ginetti comeback with a face buster and a knee to the face, into a belly-to-back suplex which is reversed, this gives Ringmaster the chance to apply the Million Dollar Dream, which pretty quickly KOs Ginetti, giving the future Stone Cold the win. Wrong guy wins, but a good match. <laughs> My favourite bit was when um, Vince called the ringmaster a consummate professional. <laughs> Always did. on time. Yeah, <laughs> Never clocks off early on a Friday. <laughs> just, just, just take longer than Always gets his expenses his in on time. Yeah, He's never late. <laughs> <laughs> consummate professional, the ringmaster. Oh dear. It's good to know what Vince values. <laughs> Well, from one legend to another, as we're treated to another stellar Mankind promo. He's in somewhere that looks like a dungeon, and he's sitting cross-legged in the corner, holding some rats, as he delivers his creepy soliloquy. He says, and on the eighth day, God created Mankind, and then screams, why was he having such a bad day? Honestly, just go and watch it. It's just incredible. It just, it all it made me think, <laughs> again, was compare and contrast to the time Hogan was in a dungeon. <laughs> and you just see the gulf <laughs> in difference. What was that? The, was that the moose fast? That was indeed. Yeah, no. yeah apparently the rat was, a, is, is, was Jim Cornette's. Really? That's I amazing. Believe you. Unless I've got that completely wrong, I think it is, yeah. Cracking bit of trivia. I was. It's obviously, it's obviously dead now, but yeah. It's, it's, it's Jim Cornette's. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> This was superb stuff, this, though. Ah, oh, it's incredible. Proper yeah. uncomfortable, isn't it? Like, yeah. unhinged kind of stuff. Mick Foley, he's best here. And he's doing what he's supposed to do in that I really want to see him in ring action now. You know what I mean? Like, we yeah, still haven't built, seen him yeah. clearly. I'm, I'm, I've got intrigue. I want to see what's he going to be like in the ring if he's doing stuff. Oh, you know, great. Yeah, genuinely looking forward to it. Correct. Back in the arena for our main event. And Tatanka is being accompanied to the ring by his manager, Ted DiBiase. The gong hits and then the dead man enters to a chorus of cheers. He's accompanied by Paul Bearer, who's carrying the urn, which when they get to the ring, the ref takes from him to allow Bearer to take the Undertaker's robe and hat off before then Taker brilliantly clocks that the ref's got the urn, snaps his eyes towards him and makes a beeline for him. The ref, terrified, quickly gets the urn back to Bearer, who's able to calm Taker down. Just love this. What an absolutely incredible bit of keeping in character. And it's great. I've said this before and I, 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 I don't, I don't want to bang the same drum all the time, but what a spectacle this entrance is. Like, mm. it's, it's it's still good now. Like, what, yeah. I'm 34 years of age and I'm still like <laughs> looking forward to watching the, under, uh, what, the Undertaking. Yeah, in the Spawn, I know. It's, it's just a difference, isn't it? When you compare it to Nitro and the, 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 the crowd are flat because they're saying the same thing all the time yeah. and then you've got this entrance and building up. It's just, you know, streets ahead, phenomenal. isn't it? It is. It's a street ahead. You're so right. Absolutely phenomenal. 
Taker and Tatanka start having a pretty decent match. I mean, I always love seeing Taker when he can move at this speed. Like, it, he is he is a phenom. He is unbelievable. This massive bloke who can just pace around the ring like athleticism for days. It's unbelievable. But we're quite quickly interrupted as Diesel heads to ringside with an axe, but then doesn't do anything <laughs> remotely threatening with it and just grabs a cameraman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put you in the worst day when you grab the cameraman. <laughs> Anyway, he takes the cameraman backstage and then proceeds to start chopping Taker's casket to pieces as we get a picture-in-picture picture with Diesel seemingly struggling to destroy the casket. It's just funny. <laughs> it took him ages. He needed a sledgehammer, didn't he? He <laughs> did. The wrong tool. He did. Because <laughs> the axe just goes straight in and sticks. Yeah, the wrong tool. For ages. <laughs> there would be no practice. He'd have been better even with like a crowbar and a, yeah. or a chisel and a, ha- a normal hammer. That would have been more effective. He'd have been better that. stamping on the yeah. thing. It was... it was quite distracting, wasn't it, when he went to split screen and he's trying to smash this to pieces and yeah, get in no work. And they'd have to like lever the axe out when it got wedged in. It took exactly. fucking ages. He just stuck it in. It's the wrong tool. I mean, he's not. He's had fault. a shocker. Someone, someone's, someone's given him the wrong tool, but it was so funny. And that just made me think: How long was the taker to tackle match supposed to go on for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, was the ref going, "Play for time, lads. Play for time. <laughs> Have another tombstone. Play for time." <laughs> yeah, I got the door off. Yeah, play for time. <laughs> the longest match the tanker's had in years. <laughs> He, he was gassed. He was absolutely gassed. He was, he was offering to go and help Diesel with the gasket. He just wanted out. Absolutely godless. Oh, dear. Anyway, Tatanka is putting up a decent fight against Taker, whether planned or not, reversing a tombstone attempt into a pile driver of his own. He pile drives Taker. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And you think this is going to be it for Taker, but no, he grabs from the floor, he grabs the tanker by the throat, choke slams him, and then gets up and lands the tombstone for the win, which the crowd absolutely loved. As soon as he got him up for the tombstone, people, you could see from the uh, the ringside camera, everyone up on their feet, cameras out, flashbulbs going, thought, fucking unbelievable. I mean, he's just been, uh, what mega star status Taker has he? It's unbelievable. Anyway, after he's, he's got the win... He then um, uh, he sees what's happened because on the big screen we get a replay um, at the top of the ramp of, uh, <laughs> of the end bit <laughs> of Diesel <laughs> finishing off the casket. Um, so Taker then heads to the back with Bearer to investigate as Vin says that these two will face off at WrestleMania as King decides to head to the uh, to the back himself to find out what's happening. Don't know why we need that. There's a <laughs> there was definitely a cameraman there ten seconds ago. I don't know, I don't know what the point of King being there was, but there you go. Then, I'm afraid, we get another Billionaire Ted segment as he's now appearing on Larry Fling Live. And, lads, I've not, I've not got the strength. It's the usual shtick. Ted's a dickhead and he won't answer Larry's questions, his probing questions on his business dealings or the rumour that Hogan's salary is paid by another profitable division of Ted's business. Was it was it funny? Is any of it funny? No. No, no, no. It was, no, it was, no. It was dross. Yeah. So, mm. uh, uh, true to form. Don't know why they keep doing this, then. Fucking, honestly. Yeah. He promised it was the last one for you. They did, two. they did, exactly. Fucking lying bastard. Anyway, back to the backstage area and Paul Bearer and take a look on in horror with Paul Bearer doing his superb, oh no, etc. for ages, brilliant. Uh, and as they see what Diesel's done to the casket, probably with some help. And with that, we're out.
that was WWF Monday Night Raw. Let's see what we all made of it. What would make us want to tune in next time and what turned us off quicker than a special bath with Paul Orndorff. Who wants to kick off the rest? Who wants to kick off the raw builders then, lads? The Undertaker for me. And again, I, I am repeating myself uh, quite often here when he's on the show, but I just love that everyone's locked in once the bell chimes and it just adds to the experience of the viewer at home. Yeah, superb. Yeah, for me, I, I can agree with all of that. I love the um, I love the show in general. I thought it was really good. Probably the best all-round like, start finish. Well, not finish, mm-hmm. the finish was fucking diabolical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Everything up until <laughs> until fucking Larry Fling or whatever yeah. he was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, really like obviously you've got the like like you said, Steve, the mega star factor, but the Undertaker, which is just brilliant, and like like his entrance as well. He was absolutely brilliant stuff. But I, I go with mankind as my my top one, just the absolutely incredible promo and yeah. genuinely like obviously I've seen a lot of mankind since, but. Mm. Do you know, like, generally looking forward to seeing his debut and all this build up to it and everything else is, yeah. is, is actually very exciting and something to look forward to, definitely. Completely. Um, my only other one to mention was uh, Ringmaster. Uh, apart from being a consummate professional, was st- amazing in the ring. Brilliant. Want to see more of him, obviously. And uh, but it was yeah, looks just, badass, doesn't he? With the, he looks yeah. so fucking badass. He's great. We're, we're creeping towards Stone Cold. Exactly. Boston, aren't we? So can't wait to see more of that. But I'm gonna uh, agree with you, Jim. My my ultimate builder, Mankind promo, just staggeringly good I've got another build as well I wanted to mention I, I thought the Razor and Goldust match was, was very good yeah it was um, in terms of the bumps that you were both taking I think straight away first match up it, it just mm. got got everyone interested got everyone on side um, and I know we, we, we've we taken a pause from it so Ramon could go and put a diaper on the one two three kid um, <laughs> but but straight away, straight away, just it just grabs your attention. So yeah, I thought that was quite quite a positive as well. Yeah, but unbelievable. Ultimate builder, I will I will agree with you both. You've you've won me over with a mankind. Can't wait to see the fella now. Awesome, triple threat for uh, for mankind. Lovely. All right, over to the killers. Jim, kick us off. I've only got one great show. It was uh, it was Larry Fling. I, I don't know why they're doing it. Why they're closing the show with that? Just brought the whole thing down. Bob Backlund pretending to be running for president is a way better segment. <laughs> it's, it's infinitely better. <laughs> but that's, yeah. that's, all I, that's all I've got. They did really well up until then. Fantastic. Liam, anything, any, any other kills from your side? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, every time Billionaire Ted is, is involved in something, it's, it's, it's Danny Dyer, isn't it? So I do agree with you that. Um, this sunny thing now is, as well mm. is getting quite... I mean, it's obviously great at that time for all the young lads seeing this attractive woman, you know, in skimpy dresses and things like that and bikinis. And, but it's, it's literally just being shoehorned in there for, for, for that sole purpose, isn't it? And, yeah, totally. Um, tonight singing Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Like, what's that about? And we've had a playing pool, swimming on the beach. In a bath. You know, it's, we're, yeah. Yeah, in the bath. In the bath, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, next. yeah. I, it, it, it's 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 run its course a little bit now, though, hasn't it? Maybe yeah. maybe get getting involved in, in the match would, would be would be far totally far, far better. Do so much so much yeah so much more with it yeah completely agree. So, um, yeah, of its time being kind to it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> awful. 
Uh, yeah, nothing no more for me. Um, my ultimate killer was the Larry Fling segment. Just it was it was a real, uh, as you say, Jim. I think after this super strong episode to finish with that, it was a real like knock the wind right out of your sails. Yeah, yeah. Any more advance on ultimate killer Larry Fling? No, yeah. You know, definitely the ultimate killer definitely was the uh, was the Larry uh, Larry Fling whatever it, that was that was definitely so unanimous. Triple threat, two triple threats. Two triple threats. Can't beat that. was raw but what about nitro over to the nitro notebook to find out and we are live from the wicomico civic center in salisbury maryland where we kick off with eric bischoff saying welcome to the party <laughs> like alan partridge the lads on comms start us off as usual and bischoff says we've got a wcw title rematch tonight as rick flair is going to defend the belt against savage heenan quips that savage has a bad arm a bad back a bad neck and a broken heart and giggles evilly. It's great. And we're also going to have Hulk Hogan taking on Arn Anderson again. And Hulk has never lost to the same opponent twice. <laughs> Bet he hasn't. How <laughs> was that revelation you talked about? Yeah. I don't need saying. Of course he hasn't. <laughs> uh, and as Mongo then waffles on, basically repeating what Bischoff just said, we begin, as we must, with Pepe Watch. And this week, the ever-suffering dog has had some kind of black woolen sweater with a red turtleneck that makes him look like the devil's flower vase with a matching bonnet put on him and alarmed eyes that betray a desperate search for escape routes from this haunting existence. Was he not like a, 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 an Indian, like, like, like a Native American? Type? Was he? I, I had no, honestly, I had no clue this week. He had a pom-pom on his head, he had a white pom-pom on his I, head. I so. thought that was like a feather, a feather headdress a feather thing. was Ah, oh, right, maybe, you're right. Yeah. No, I didn't get that. I think, I think that's what he was, yeah. Right. He was like, like, yeah. like the chief, like the how. I see, I see. Yeah, I was clueless this week. Yeah, I didn't, didn't, didn't get the name. didn't know what was going on with Pepe. Nah, yeah, yeah, the last few weeks I haven't, to be honest, I think. He, he's been running out and obviously he's made he's like it's like us with all this shtick he's made a rod for his own back and now he's struggling <laughs> to keep it going after about four or five we're desperate for him to tap out <laughs> sorry oh the irony as I say mercifully his drivel is cut off by the incredible music one of my absolute favourites, particularly because I wasn't particularly, you know, especially aware of it um, before starting listening to this, but it's fucking brilliant. The Four Horsemen theme tune. As the battery, Double A, Arn Anderson makes his way to the ring, accompanied by Woman. Bischoff on comms says, Congrats to Steve Grissom and the Diamond Ridge team in the WCW sponsored car. But he doesn't have any more detail, lads. I've got another bit of digging. They only won the race. Did they? <laughs> it must have been Sting's work as part of the pit crew. Unbelievable. Steve Grissom. Unfortunately, and he is here tonight, Steve Grissom. Uh, we'll find out later. He's, he's ringside, so he's come to celebrate his victory. Um, things don't go so well for Steve Grissom after this. Not long after he's released. And then for the rest of his career, some... 
10 to 15 years or so, he basically joins race teams and is then released. Oh, no. <laughs> he gets released even after he won. He won. And then this is this is basically the pinnacle of Steve Grissom's career. A oh, Bush League God. NASCAR-style race win. Well, maybe. Well, we saw what fucking what a dour man he was, didn't we, last week? <laughs> Or oh, the, the PR element, the brands wouldn't like him, no. <laughs> he can't strike up any kind of rapport with these new teams he's getting on, so he gets released everywhere That's, he goes. That sounds very likely indeed, correct. He's a nice guy though, wasn't he? It's a shame. He's a lovely bloke, um, and he got a win. That's yeah. more than I've got, yeah, so mind. he's won up on me. Well done, Steve, lad. He's been badly done, too. Correct, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Enter the... <laughs> I've just realised my autocorrect has corrected this too. The Huckster. <laughs> and you know what? what's the difference, so fair enough. <laughs> but enter the Hulkster, still sporting some fake stitches over his left eyebrow, obviously, and he rips right into Arn, jumping him in heelish fashion before he's even gotten his jacket off. And Heenron comes rightfully clocks that if it were Arn jumping Hulk, then it'd be a different story with the humanoids, meaning the crowd, and he's dead right. Call out the hypocrisy, Arn, 100% correct, on your side. Hogan then proceeds to choke on with his own jacket, battering the enforcer on the outside of the ring and in front of the jubilant crowd. Arn's on top form once again. He sells brilliantly, making Hogan look the business and then still gets all of his sort of sneaky, dastardly spots in from time to time and also looking strong as an ox when he needs to as well. All in character, all in service of the match. What a fucking powerhouse. With uh, the, the departure of the other Horseman member, Flying Brian Pillman, who was the other thing that I was would have said was propping this company up. I think it's now all on Arn's shoulders. I'm gonna say that now. This is this is this is <laughs> yeah. it. He is doing it every week. He is very very good on his own without any help. <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear Heenan reminding us that there's no title on the line, despite no one holding a title? So yeah, what would be on the line? Yeah. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> yeah, what title is not on the line? <laughs> In fairness to him, it's usually a safe bet the Hawks got one. So Yeah, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> I missed that. That's so good. Oh, dear. Anyway, Eric on comms tells us that if you like Hulk Hogan, if you love WCW, check out Baywatch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which features Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Kevin Sullivan, the macho man Randy Savage, and uh, the guy that left here with the <laughs> Can you imagine Taskmaster doing that slow run out the sea? I'd be straight, straight for the remote. <laughs> oh God, what's happened to Baywatch? He's got that little. What's happened to Pamela this week? What's happened to Pamela yeah. this week? That little, that robe's open. That little pot belly in his, his ankle boots. I'd be straight on the. I'd be straight on the. Yeah, uh, naughty ponytail. Yeah, straight on changing the channel. <laughs> you did right. What was Pamela Anderson made of it? Oh, God, I know. Here comes Taskmaster she... running across the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Old Yeller on Santa Monica Beach. Fucking hell. Hell. Taskmaster <laughs> got on Baywatch. It's outrageous. No. Yeah, but the other person that's gone on it, which Bischoff is very bitter about, is the guy that left here with the tail tucked between his legs. Of course, we're talking about Vader, who was on the receiving end of a rather physical conversation with Paul Orndorff, I believe, in a locker room not long ago. Good job it wasn't a special bath, I suppose. Anyway, obviously, he'd signed on, done the uh, done the Vader, you know, uh, Baywatch sh- uh, shtick, and then immediately I said, it's WWE Fair Play Vader. It's, it's in the bag, it's all recorded, it's going live. <laughs> Hilarious. Well done. Anyway, Mongo confusingly adds, 
I would think that Mr. Vader would not agree with the demise of Mr. Paul Orndorff. Anyone? No, me neither. No, nothing. No idea. Heenan quickly changes subject after this cobbler. <laughs> Hogan gets back in control and gets booze as he hot dogs to the crowd from some sections, really not liking Hogan. And I'm like, I yeah. need to get into them sections. Because he's, he's been an absolute shit house all the way through this. Correct. Did you see the part, the part of the match where he was like... Uh, like grinding um, Arn's head on the floor. What, what yeah. was that about? Was he just trying to give him a friction burn? Like, it's the mat. It's not like it's a cheese grater. What, what was he doing? <laughs> he does all those shit moves, doesn't he? Like, it's like a, if it's not an, an eye rake, it's a back rake. If it's not a fucking poke in the eye, it's a cheese grater on the mat. It's yeah. it's all this heelish shite. It's all fucking rubbish. Couldn't even put a figure four on. Oh no, hell, God, that this was awful. This, this it was absolutely four. embarrassing. Absolute garbage. It was it was like me doing it, going, I've I haven't done this before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try it in, in, in a full arena with with 15 yeah. telecameras cameras on me. Just, 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 just do your finisher. Just do your leg drop. What, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> get the fuck out. He's bloody learning. What are you trying? Right, I'm going to rip off first finisher and do that as some kind of you know mock him in some way. Please have a go. <laughs> yeah. Rick, how do you do this? Just show me two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Exactly. Just because you're finished, a fucking leg drop. Just, you know what I mean? It's just a finish, you just do it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I could do a leg drop. I could do that. Yeah. That's what he thinks, isn't it? It's just yeah. a finish, you just do them. This is classic Hogan. They just happen. You've seen Flo, you've seen Flo do it for years. Right. I'll crack on with this on the telly. Yeah, that'll be it. Won't it be the hubris? You just want to. You want to. You want to dead ask. I'm, yeah. too, I'm too good for asking. I'm Hulk Hogan. I'll yeah. do this. Yeah, unbelievable. Dickhead. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> there was, I will give him one bit of credit because it, it was just some comedy acting or comedy interaction with the crowd that I will give Hulk Hogan credit for. And I don't think I've said this on this podcast before. Arn's outside with Hulk. Hulk's battering him. Crowd are, are really into it. And at one point, he spots a, a bit of his own merch, admittedly, but he spots a Hogan scarf in the crowd. He takes it from the crowd, oh. chokes on with it, hands it, and then, knowing what he's like, you assume him to just like run off with it or throw it away. But he goes and hands it back to the person and does a real comedy, thank you, which gets a laugh from the people in the crowd. They loved it. Uh, or picked up on the, uh, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the on the mic on the camera to ring. So I thought, that's the, that's the best thing Hogan's done. I think it's only time I've been positive Ever. about it. <laughs> yeah. It's only time I've been positive about it. Absolutely. I was like, oh, that's good, that. And then he went straight back to this oh. shite where he can't put on a fucking figure four. Fucking unbelievable. Oh, anyway, so uh, well, let's, 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 let's map the finish. So into the finish. And after planting on with the big boot of doom, as you say, uh, Hogan then applies the figure four in, a, in a, an attempted middle finger to the horseman and not realising he's really <laughs> making himself look a fucking fool because he can't put it on properly. Arn has to help him and grab... <laughs> and grab... <laughs> and grab his own leg no. to put it in a position. Put himself... And not only spent all much selling for yeah. him, making this fucking chump look good, he then had to put the finisher on himself. That's how good he is. He can, <laughs> he can apply the figure for himself. <laughs> it was proper car crash stuff. It's absolute car crash stuff. Fucking embarrassing. <laughs> he was. Anyway, so so he, he gets it locked on, thanks to Arn. And this causes Taskmaster to run in because Hogan's having a match, so he can't help but be involved. He attacks Hulk, um, but Macho's wise to this and also runs in and actually <laughs> almost caught 
<laughs> almost caught up with Taskmaster. We had to given, run past him. Given he, the delta. He had to have, <laughs> had to have run past him. <laughs> yeah. In speed. <laughs> <laughs> It was like one of those. It was like one of those maths questions you get. If, my, <laughs> if Macho Man is sprinting at sixty miles an hour, <laughs> and Taskmaster is waddling at three miles an hour, what time yesterday does Taskmaster have to set off to make it to the ring in time? It's um. just absolute shite. Like no one watching could could think anything other than well. So, my choice kicked him out, set off and gone, oh shit, <laughs> I'm going to catch him here. Because they got in the ring, didn't they? Identical times, pretty much, facing each other. But Savage had gone round the other side, so he had to he had to have passed him. There's no other way it could have happened. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Again, much like the figure four, try this out before and last. Yeah. <laughs> give, it, give it a run through. <laughs> oh dear. It was... <laughs> Shambles. Who's doing this? What a shambles this is. Oh, total shambles. Uh, so the ref turns around to find Macho in the ring because Macho has then, ch- you know, chased Taskmaster off and got him out of the ring. But Macho is then himself still in the ring and the ref just turns around and sees Macho there. So DQ's Hulk because Macho's there. Yeah. No contact made. Doesn't know he's... Well, you're his mate. Doesn't matter who's mate. He hasn't done anything, but he gets nah, DQ'd yeah, for that. So it makes no sense. It's absolutely no sense. However... I'm not going to moan because for the first time ever, Hulk Hogan has lost to the same opponent and we are back to back, week by week, no less fantastic stuff. Don't care how it <laughs> happens, I'm getting a plaque made. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, some, it's some of the match up, didn't it, that, that, that finish? <laughs> oh, God. Just, all you needed was the Benny yeah. Hill theme, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That was all I was missing. I call for the bell because you're in the ring. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Farcical. Anyway, up next, Das Wunderkind Alex Wright is back on Nitro and back on the Monday Night Scores, and not a moment too soon. Sadly, he's up against, as Bischoff says, a monster from England. The you know, true enough, given that is where <laughs> the bloke playing Loch Ness is actually from. <laughs> but just don't co- get rid of the Loch Ness thing. No, We've covered this. Uh, England v Germany, though, classic encounter, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was what they could have played up. <laughs> Or just stop making England the current, like recurring reference point. You know what I mean? Like say they all Britain. keep saying yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Say, say Britain and it's covered. Anyway, we've done it to death. So I mean, it. if if we look at both both uh, both wrestlers here, like Alex Wright is is well, it's pretty well conditioned, isn't he? But phenomenal. He, yeah. he, he would be he would be falling into the cruiserweight kind of like heavyweight yeah. section. But up against this fellow, he, he, Alex Wright just looks like the Pepper Army man, doesn't he? <laughs> Like it's just so unbalanced and mismatched. What are we, what are we doing here? I'm fifty stone, so I'm, I'm going to kick the shit out of this yeah. lad who's ten oh. stone. Yeah, it's, it's 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 awful. It just as it was last week with Scotty Riggs. This is the same match. It's the same match, right? Oh, we were, yeah. were rinsing repeat last week. So it was Scott Riggs this week. It's uh, it's Alex Wright this week. Um, it, the only thing I would say though, this does give us an opportunity. Right out first, and he does his fantastic uh, moon salt into the ring. Oh, yeah, entrance, brilliant. It does mean we get to hear Loch Ness's intro music for the first time because it's been Dungeon of Doom stuff up until yeah. now. And it's incredible. It's a kind of that, like, it's 1930s King Kong slash Godzilla film soundtrack with lots of, like, orchestral brass and stuff. 
<laughs> best, best bit about him. I was dead up with it. He to the ring. He's accompanied by Jimmy Hart, as his manager. And, well, we, we just get a textbook squash match, as I say, as we did last week. Wright gets in some impressive high-flying manoeuvres. Uh, lots of, you know, like, great-looking drop kicks that do nothing and all the rest of it. And, you know, they all come to naught as just Nessie just soaks everything up before he then eventually lands an admittedly devastating-looking run... Well, not running, you know what I mean? Uh, walking elbow drop that absolutely flattens right, giving against the victory. The knee before? The knee, the timing was just terrible. Yeah. Right was about uh, three millimetres away from taking this yeah. sack first, this full-blown... Yeah. <laughs> Fucking full-blown leg thrown by Loch Ness Monster. He's just yeah. clumsy as fuck. He barely managed to lift that leg, didn't he? Yeah. He oh. barely managed to lift that leg. And he was leg. in the corner using the ropes to yeah. his, like leverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, um... Again, it was it was painful viewing this. Yeah, it was it was even worse than last week. And it didn't include the Scotty Riggs drop, even when Scotty Riggs couldn't have fed himself any better. Yeah, he's this, clumsy this was still Awful. Just don't need it. Anyway, that's enough of that. Next up, oh, hang, hang on a second. Did you not? Did you not? I cracked up at something here at the end. Did you not see um, when when Loch Ness was pinning Alex Wright? Did you not see him like giving it the one, two, three? But he was he messed it up on his fingers. <laughs> oh, no. So no, he, he went like one, and then like, like went three fingers, and then just like give up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if you if you're balding up if you're balding up that a free count, a free count doesn't board well using three fingers then. That's it. He I gave up. Yeah, he, uh, he absolutely messed it up because it, it it went to, it, it zoomed in, didn't it? When yeah, he was, yeah, uh, yeah. On the replay, and you, you got a better shot of it, and it, it was a it was an absolute mess. Fantastic. He just concedes defeat. He just like flails his arm in there and just wow. and just gets out the, uh, out the one rank. three. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Coordination's got to be really off, hasn't it? If you can't, yeah, that's if it. you can't count to three <laughs> using your fingers. Yeah. You shouldn't be yeah. you shouldn't be put in charge of people's health when you jump in on a... <laughs> Hand-eye coordination, you could imagine. <laughs> yeah, what a, what, a, what a farce. Wow. Well, next up, it is the Nitro debut of the Belfast Bruiser. Who? It's Finley. And yeah. Bischoff tells us that he's here for one reason and one reason only, and that is Stephen Regal. That's a person, not a reasonary. But I get what you mean, that's fine. Out he comes, and oh my... There's a lot going on here with uh, with Bruiser's get-up. I can only imagine, right, that the creative department at WCW was briefed to design the costume for the Belfast Bruiser. And no one had any idea of what was meant by or where Belfast was or what it is, and no one dared ask. So they just kind of created a sort of bizarre mashup of a kind of jumble of things Rather than saying, well, what, what what should this be? It's sort of everything. So future Finley here looks like someone's hit like random on every segment of his body on the attitude, on the WWF attitude, create yeah. a wrestler, and just gone with it. So he's literally got every kind of gimmick going, right? So every kind of gimmick embellishment you can imagine in one package. So and none of it goes together with anything else, right? So for a kickoff, he's got a buzz cut everywhere apart from the nape of his neck, where there is a <laughs> mid back length mullet, grey mullet, a grey mullet. mullet. He's got. He's like aggressively clean shaven with like the highest cut sideburns I've ever seen. He's got a top lip tash that is identical to either of his eyebrows, right? That just could be interchanged, like Mr. Potato Head. He's then wearing a leather jacket coated in small metal spikes on the sleeve and lapel only, but then that's only on his left side. The right side of his jacket has been replaced by half a grey American football shoulder pad unit making him look like the love child of a Legion of Doom tribute act and a Judas Priest superfan. And underneath this monstrosity he's wearing, he's got this spandex emerald green singlet, 
and while, let's be honest, singlets don't go with anything, it somehow manages to still stand out as being an unorthodox choice of ring gear on the bruiser's frame, even amongst these other mental sartorial selections. And to cap it all off, he's wearing calfless boots. I'm sorry, but literally only The Rock has ever been able to sort of pull off ever. And he's got them on as well. Like, did he need them too? You know what I mean? Anyway, he's here for one reason and one reason only, and that is Stephen Regal, which is exactly why he's now fighting Road Dogg's brother, Brad Armstrong. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. ridiculous. During this as well, the, uh, just, just while you're on the, the attire, yeah, the bruises knee pads kept rolling down his legs, so it's clearly they clearly didn't fit either, did it? It's just the whole thing was fucking was mental. Like there's no one has no one approved this. There's no one like vetted it. Anyway. I quite like this as 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 a match. I quite liked it. Obviously the lads the hair was was outrageous on both mm-hmm. of the lads. Mm-hmm. I quite the match itself I quite liked. I just thought it was really weird. Bischoff teased the the cruiserweight belt, didn't he? You know, it's yeah. you know it's, it's coming down the line, and I know when you, you see like interviews with Bischoff, he always he's always crowing about his how he pioneered this whole idea of the cruiserweight, you know, cruiserweight division and whatever else. Yeah, but I always thought that was like a means for like the smaller lads, so like your Guerreros and you go for that, and your Demolengos and that be going for that. If in the context of of Nitro. He's saying fucking Brad Armstrong's going... Brad Armstrong's bigger than fucking Hulk Hogan. I know, he's massive. He's massive. He was about six foot five and absolutely shredded. Yeah, what, what are you on about here? And Finley's not small. He's a no. barrel of a man. No. He's fucking huge. Oh, this guy's going to win the cruiserweight, but I'm sure about that. I'm sure he will. Because yeah, I'm yeah. listening to the little pipsqueaks he's battering. He's man playing with children again. Quote, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, dear. yeah, correct. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I totally agree with you, Jim. Yeah, a technically proficient enough match. This it was all. It was all. all yeah. the, the some, some nice spots. Some nice spots. It's just two two people we've never met before. Exactly. So. Yeah, classic, classic Nitro. Classic Nitro. Yeah, zero build up. The only real highlight for me was Heenan calling uh, Bruises slamming of Armstrong's head into the turnbuckle, <laughs> the, the Irish Root Canal. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Although it was then immediately ruined by Mongo saying that he thought the bruiser was full of blarney. Just no. just stop trying to match Heenan Mongo. When he says something good, you don't have to try and chip in because <laughs> this is this is like worse than bad. You know, this is awful. Again, stop it. Anyway, the finish, rather predictably, is a win for the debuting bruiser who's been built up with this regal feud teed up, obviously. Um, he, he weathers a bit of an onslaught from Armstrong uh, before delivering a tilt-a-whirl slam, which gets him the pin. Out next for our main event is WCW World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair, accompanied by Miss Elizabeth and Woman. He's defending his belt against macho man Randy Savage, who Miss Elizabeth divorced and took half his cash, only for Ric Flair to take her to as she strives to make macho pay for... Well, I couldn't remember what it was, but, you know, anyway, whatever it is. Basically, macho good, flair and woman, and Miss Elizabeth bad, and macho wants revenge on them all. That's it. How many times are we going to see this match? Oh God, I'm sick of it. Right, I went uh, again because I've been digging. I've been digging in the uh, in the archives and things um, from when we started, when the wall started, to where we are now. This is the sixth match where these two have been involved. Oh, so either singles Jesus. or tag team, six six times. Yeah, oh, and it's and another it's, title defence as well. It, and they're on next week. Yeah, yeah six man tag. And it's the same spots. I mean, you, I think you said it a couple of uh, episodes ago, Jim, but it's it's, yeah, Jim, it's, it's the exact same spots. And He's doing it all again. Well, the fair does it every single match. Yep. And it was it was the only difference here. We got a little bit of extra kind of uh, um, 
the flavouring added by Macho because he started where they square up and he spits in Flair's face because he's had he's had enough mm. now. He spits in his face. Yeah. He's always grim and all like that, but you know, ooh, okay, it's a bit, bit of bit of extra bite. And then they proceed to have the exact same yeah. match that they've had f- forever anyway. Yeah, the top rope spots. Absolutely. Flair yeah. gets Irish whipped out the ring. And, yeah, he goes up and yeah. over and all of that. It says a lot when like I, I'm more excited for the cruiserweight championship than the heavyweight <laughs> exactly. championship. Exactly, yeah. true though, absolutely yeah. spot on. Absolutely, so Brad Armstrong on. crush everyone in the cruiserweight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what happens in this one? Well, you already know, but. The two square up, Macho spits in Flair's face, as I say. This incenses Flair, and then we're underway with the usual lots of aggressive strikes and brawling, uh, savaging control for about three seconds until an atomic drop stops him, dead in his tracks, and we get into familiar territory where Macho proceeds to get battered almost immediately uh, outside the ring, brawling, Macho taking all the punishment. Referee Tim Patrick keeps telling Flair off for using his closed fist, but doesn't stop him. He keeps doing it and keeps admonishing him, but with no further punishment. But two brawl in the ring. Uh, Macho tries to regain momentum, but is quickly stopped. One, <laughs> We've had so many chops now from Flair on Macho. You can start seeing Macho's chest is now bleeding. And this is this is about two minutes into the match because Flair's just been chop, 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 chop. And I'm like, I mean, that's, that is a sign you're doing this one move too much, Rick. I mean, I'm all for a Ric Flair chop, but this is all we've got. Macho applies a sleeper, but Flair's able to counter. And then we get into the finish. And... I'd just like to add that before this match, I wrote in my notes app the following prediction. Arn running, Hogan running, Flair wins. So, was I right? Let's find out. Flair gets savage in the figure four, (laughs) because he can't actually apply it, Hulk. And Macho is in trouble. Flair's had it locked on for ages. The crowd are getting behind Macho, and Match manages to reverse the hold. An Irish whip, a backslide for match, a two count, a haymaker, another two. Flair blindsides him with a chop to get back at him, and another, and a third. But Macho's striking back with left jabs. Jab, chop, jab, chop. Another spit in the face from Macho, two in the match. A ten punch in the corner, but it only makes it to four because Flair manages to reverse it. But then Flair's whipped into the corner, match heads up top. Double axe handle, and then Miss Elizabeth distracts. Woman throws a shoe in, but Macho catches it, and this time he plants Flair with it, not the other way around. And then in runs, well, waddles, <laughs> Taskmaster. He's no faster this time. I thought it would be on, so I got that bit wrong. The bell rings once, but the ref hasn't counted to three in some kind of fuck-up. Yeah, I don't know what went on. It was a mess. Taskmaster then just sort of slowly waddles laps around the ring. I don't know why. Why did he do this? This is how he came out, wasn't it? He came yeah. out, paced around the ring as, yeah. as fast as he could, just to clash with Hogan at the other side. Yeah, didn't, d- didn't understand it. But I think he was waiting for Hogan to arrive and Hogan was too slow coming out. So he went round twice? So I think he had to go around oh, and go around no. again. Oh, that's Hogan, hilarious. Hogan that's wasn't hilarious. there. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious he's, he's, he's ran around the ring twice yeah so he's, he's come for Hogan a run missed in. his cue yeah he's come for a run in and it's like he's like how slow is Hogan then because like yeah. Savage Savage was like miles ahead of yeah. Taskmaster early yeah. on oh, and, if, and if you're getting beaten to the ring yeah. by Taskmaster <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Something, something's gone wrong what there. is going on if, if, you, if, if Taskmaster's got to the ring and done two laps and before you made it to the ring and you set off a few seconds behind him I mean, I mean, this is part two of the math question, isn't it? And at what time then did Hogan need to start? Anyway? <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyway, and then the only person who fucking nails it, as ever, is Arn Anderson. So, 
just as I've predicted, Hogan did come in. Taskmaster was seemingly waiting for him on his second lap. Arn <laughs> arrives, sneaks in. DDT's match in perfect where the fuck did he come from which is what the others should have done but couldn't fucking do it as the ref's dealing with Taskmaster now and then Flair gets the three the horseman and Taskmaster proceed to beat down Savage and start getting the better of Hogan and then someone else enters the ring who looks suspiciously like Brutus the Barber Beefcake, a.k.a. the Zodiac a.k.a. the Zebrodiac except he's not got a painted face but instead has a white headband, white and neon green tassels. That's where Ginetti's ring gear came from. <laughs> That's what he's, this is fucking, he's nicked it. He's donated it. He's donated <laughs> it to, to this bloke. Then we've got them on his biceps. And then he has tassel-adorned white tights with neon green cutouts on his arse cheeks and his thighs. Oh and he's helping God. out Hogan and Macho. This is preposterous. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't even start. No one had a clue what was going on here. Like the no one. Comms didn't help at all, did they? No, not a bit. So I was sort of all right in my prediction, but I must I must admit I didn't clock Taskmaster, but really should have done. But I certainly did not clock this bloke coming out. Anyway, the Nodiac, as I immediately start calling him, chases Taskmaster to the back as Hogan tends <laughs> to Savage, and we get a rinse and repeat of Flair heading to the comms table with the lads, which, as a reminder, last week we got a rinse and repeat of the same thing of the week before. Just as we've seen for the past few weeks, literally the same. Except this time, no real mic comedy from Flair, which is the only high spot, before they're chased off by Hogan and Savage, and then the Nodiac, with the former revealing the Nodiac's new name to be Booty Man. Yep, oh. Booty Man. Booty and Man. Hogan keeps saying, Booty, 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 Booty Man. Oh, God. You couldn't really hear him, could you? Like, he was trying to... He was trying to like say something into Bischoff's headset and that wasn't happening. Now, the crucial thing before, Liam, as you rightly point out, and what's happened previously, is that when Flair's gone and done this, he's gone and nicked a headset and put the headset on. Occasionally forgetting to do so for a few Ric Flair seconds while he's being mental and that's all. But you can still hear because he's shouting loud enough. You can't really hear what Hogan is saying, so I've had to go back and turn this up. But yeah, booty, 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 man. If he can't do it, nobody can, is what Hulk oh. says. We can, as you say, Liam, we can barely hear any of this. So it's just him shouting at the comms table with no mic. Eventually, Meme Gene arrives with a hand mic to fix this. Someone sent him in quickly. And Hogan says, Big Booty Man got straightened out and is back on track, Jack. Jesus wept. Gene once again consults his crystal ball, as he's done a few times on Nitro, and says, Wait a minute, Hogan. Are you saying that you, Macho, and the Booty Man want to take on Taskmaster, Flair, and Anderson <laughs> next week on Nitro? He didn't say any of that, Gene. No. He didn't say any of that. <laughs> At this point, the Booty Man arrives in front of the camera, blocking it, obscuring their view, causing Hogan to notice him, and then again start saying, Booty, 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 Booty Man, for absolutely no reason that I can oh. work out. Yeah, I'm, glad he, I'm glad he's back on track anyway. <laughs> Jack. No idea who he was, but he was back on track. If he can't kick your can, nobody can, apparently. This is fucking horrendous. Fuck Say it's me. Hulk Hogan. I mean... Hulk Hogan having to go up being a rapper. <laughs> fucking embarrassing. The it stink is... of this man is all over this programme. It's fucking horrendous. It's, this is the worst. This is the worst bit. Again, not just looking back to, to, um, to Moose Fast bring me the head of Meng in the dungeon. Compare this to fucking Mankind <laughs> promos and you've got Hogan just saying the word it's booty. A, I know. It's, it's another week, another week, just Hogan <laughs> making himself look like a bigger pillar. It's, like... it's, it's the, the record's phenomenal. 
it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's unsurpassed. It's, it's just getting better than, than the Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. We're going to have to start clocking <laughs> this. This is, this is more impressive. Everybody must be cringing though, mustn't they, in the back when, when he's pitching this. They must be going, oh my God, what's he on about? We're going to have to, we're going to, have to do this. We're going to have to do this because... <laughs> he's got creative control. Yeah, there must be fucking... Everyone must be shaking their heads, mustn't they? They must. Scandalous. Even like Bischoff and that. Mongo. Mongo must think this is that. Yeah, if Mongo's pulling his face at this, then you're in trouble. Yeah, fuck me. It's horrendous. And with that, mercifully, we are out. Fucking booty, man. What? <laughs> so that was WCW Nitro. Let's... <laughs> Think you can probably guess. Find out what we all made of it. Who <laughs> <laughs> wants to kick off? If you can, our nitro ratings builders, lads. I've got one builder. Good it's, effort. It's Finley versus versus Brad Armstrong. Sorry, um, Belfast Bruiser versus Brad Armstrong. <laughs> Fair. Uh, best match on the show. Yeah. But again, like like you said, Liam Shame will probably you know we hadn't heard from him before. Probably never see him again. So yeah. What can you say? <laughs> Hard to be optimistic with Nitro <laughs> at this stage. Good, good to see a, a younger Finley as well. Yeah. Making yeah. an appearance. Yeah. Definitely. Agreed. Any from you, Liam? Um, I will just push forward this this introduction of the uh, cruiserweights belt. Yeah. Um, just to get a bit more athleticism on the on the, uh, on the the show. I can't take watching Loch Ness anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm tapping out here at, at Loch Ness. Um <laughs> So, so, so at least we'll get to see like Milenko a bit more and um, Eddie Guerrero and yeah. Etel when, when when Mysterio and that appears. Yeah, but desperately needed. Yeah, I, I, I know I'm scratching the barrel though. Yeah. Um, but that's that was the only thing other thing I, I wrote down anyway. Build yeah, wise. fair enough. Only when I had uh, every week. Uh, been, I can't remember the last time I didn't say it's Arn Anderson. Like it, this 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 was yeah. a car crash of a television episode. It would have been criminal without. Arn Anderson on this program. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Build a picks. I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Arn. It's the only thing I could stomach this week. Um, I'm going to go for what Jim said with um, the Belfast Bruiser and um, what was his name? Brad Armstrong. Doesn't matter, Liam. Never see him again. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> that, 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 that kept my attention for, yeah. for longer than two minutes. So. <laughs> it's a low bar. Jim? Yeah, same. Something different. Something different. I'll go with the. I'll stick with Finley and, and Brad Armstrong. Finley, I've called Finley again. Belfast Bruiser, Brad Armstrong. Future, future Finley, Brad future Armstrong. Finley. This week, builder. Right. Let's <laughs> try and keep this short. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we know there's lots to pick from. <laughs> what, what were the killers? <laughs> Who wants to kick us off? Right, I'll fire, I'll, I'll fire up my, my first killer in uh, straight <laughs> I reckon it might be the same. <laughs> I, was say, I, think, I, think. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's multiple killers. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll Hulk Hogan straight straight off the off the bat. I was expecting just that. For his, <laughs> just for the consist just for the consistency of making himself look like a bigger idiot every week. Yeah, that is, that is, that is impressive. So at least he's consistent with this. But again, it, it's it's even worse than last week. Yeah, with this uh, this this booty 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 thing down the mic. And, <laughs> Not actually getting on the mic properly. That, that, no that was basics. The, Come on, mate. Yeah. 
the in-ring action. Uh, <laughs> trying to, you know, grate Arn's head on a mat and <laughs> just couldn't put yeah. the figure four on. <laughs> just dire straits, isn't it? It's, it's Hulk Hogan. Oh, he always finds a way to get on the killers list. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Big time. <laughs> Does it begin with a B? <laughs> begins with a B. It ends in Ooty Man. <laughs> 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 possibly possibly the worst thing we've had on here since fucking the Yeti. I was gonna say. What on earth? <laughs> what on earth? I'll tell you what is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what is impressive. This show This show, <laughs> this show had Loch Ness on. <laughs> <laughs> This is worse. They've managed to put out a show where Loch Ness wasn't the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's phenomenal. Oh, it that's really phenomenal. is really is fucking smell. Uh, do, do you know what, though? I'm... <laughs> Loch Ness can't count to three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's, there's a wrestler that can barely lift his leg. And he's not the worst thing at all. And, ki- and, and can't do a three count. <laughs> Toilet of the highest fucking order. He's I just with a booty man, right? He's, he's like everybody, the crowd, the comms, everybody was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" That's absolutely at a loss. He didn't know his name. Didn't know his name, but he's back on track. He's back on track. Who is he? He's back on track from what? Where have we been? <laughs> yeah, how bad was he before? He's now. This is him back on track. And they've killed the best thing about fucking Nitro with oh. the Zabrodiak, not to stop the giant <laughs> anymore. They've killed that. Yeah. Unless, unless. This is it. He was a, he was a sleeper agent all this time. <laughs> We lost Pillman. We lost Pillman two weeks ago, which oh, was the best God. thing. And then the second best thing was the, the comedy act of the Giants in Zerodiak. And, <laughs> and they've right. taken that away. Yeah. And they replaced Stop Pillman it. with the fucking booty man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the only thing they have oh, like, to keep the shocking feud going is to throw a new fucking body in there. And it's, so it's the booty man this week. Last week or two weeks ago, it was, um, it was Loch Ness. You just keep going, don't you? You throw yeah. something new into the mix all the time. But then, like, I don't know, ignoring the facts, you know, that the booty man, he's the Zabrodiak and he's fucking <laughs> death warmed up. Why is he just turning up in the main events like he's a household name? It's, <laughs> like it's people go, aha, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just... it's the booty man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. And the gimmick appears to be... <laughs> he likes his ass. <laughs> yeah. He's got the cheeks out of his ass, right? That's his selling point. <laughs> and that when you see him, you have to say the first half of his name over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? It's a gimmick. It doesn't... Just, oh, it imagine when, he's, when Hogan's saying brother as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Oh, fucking hell. So all the fucking wrestlers have got are way more deserving. And just because this guy's fucking Hogan's mate. Mate with Hogan. Straight in the main event. Here totally. we go. 
Well, this was another point. Like they, they advertised the Saturday show. They've got Johnny B. Bad on there. They've got Lex Luger, Sting, the Legion of Doom, uh, and then they, we, we get to we get the we get Loch Ness and the Booty Man. This is outrageous. Yeah, oh, it's 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 beyond. This was this was a quagmire of a show. This <laughs> yeah. one, it was just irredeemable. This is pond life. This kind of it fucking this really kind is of pond life. Fucking hell. We've lost Pillman Hogan. What do you think? How are we going to replace him? <laughs> I've been working on something. Tell you what, brother. Get me the Zabrodiac. You're yeah. going to love this, brother. <laughs> give me give me Zabrodiac's trousers and some scissors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. From the brain of the killer bees comes <laughs> the, bo- the booty man. He's not even changed letter. <laughs> He's still stuck on B. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I mean, we could go on for hours, but I think we've probably covered it there. I mean, yeah. it was drivel. Is there anything anything we haven't covered that people need to get off their chest? This is catharsis, if so. So please yeah. do if you need to. Fleur and Savage, that, that needs freshening up. Mm. Yeah. You know, that, that, needs, yeah. that needs to be put on hold for, for a while. Um, Loch Ness, he, he deserves to be there. <laughs> yeah, what really irked me, sorry, uh, to add to build on to Liam's earlier earlier comment about Hogan it's just it, in that match with Arn just the way Arn was just getting treated like yeah. fucking bumping oh. around like Joe Dog and yeah yeah, yeah. treating him like a fucking yeah. car wash attendant who's just trying his hand at wrestling he's a, he's a fucking <laughs> legend the best guy you've got yeah by a, by a distance yeah, yeah. <laughs> he deserves better than that didn't sit well with me but obviously 100% he obviously won first time, first person to beat Hogan twice. Yeah, but he but he couldn't do it. Uh, he couldn't. Yeah, it was, there was there was no. He got no fucking. You couldn't know, even punch him. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, he got yeah. no shine as a result of it. Yeah, fucking. Uh, yeah, abysmal. Absolutely abysmal. Yeah, I hated that too. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> but but never never topping. There's there's a little point in asking. It's never topping the booty man. Yeah, uh, he's he <laughs> can't do. It, the, the booty 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 man. Who's back on track, Jack? Back on track, Jack. It's, I mean, it's booking by Doctor Zeus at this stage, isn't it? That's what we've got, and that's <laughs> and this is the this is the output, and it is dire. Stinks. Well, with all of that in mind, let's see which show we thought should have won the fight. I mean, we don't need to do this, do we? <laughs> it's, it's raw, isn't it? It <laughs> is. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be. It's raw, because that was the good. The decision. <laughs> yeah. And Nitro <laughs> to me. Was, was painfully bad. Grand. <laughs> let's move on. Well, that's what we think. But what did the American public think in 1996? I mean, this is... I, I feel tense with this, because if this is... If this is goes the wrong way then I've lost all faith in, in, in I've, I've, I've not got loads left at the moment but this is this is a critical golden envelope reveal if if I've, I've been saying this for three every time the Nitro have won this for the past day, like I've said this every single time if someone watches this programme and then tunes in again next week knowing there's another wrestling programme like, simultaneously occurring yeah then there's an option they needed to be put on some kind of monitoring list by some federal <laughs> agency because it's just fucking you're insane couldn't agree more <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more. <clears throat> and bear in mind, we're coming off the back of biggest ever rating so far in the wars last week yeah. for Nitro, uncontested, when it was in the fours. So this week, it's all in the gold envelope. 
Raw, three point one. Good lose. Nitro, two point nine. Justice has very, very, very narrowly been done, <laughs> but it was a close run thing. Yeah. Fucking hell. So Raw has stopped the rot and pulled one back after three Nitro wins on the bounce, meaning it is now 11-10 to Nitro on the Monday night scoreboard. Wow. Unbelievable. That was, that was a nail bite of that. So that's it for this episode of the Monday Night Scores Season 2. Next time out. Booty Man makes his in-ring debut. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I'm so sorry. Can't wait. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish it wasn't so. Lex Luger meets an almost familiar foe and has Yokozuna bitten off more than he can chew. You'll have to tune in next time to find out. Right, well, before we head off to start tracking down half-and-half half leather jacket American football pads on Vinted, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We're at TMN Scores. That's at TMN Scores. Or follow us at the Monday Night Scores on Instagram. And if you haven't yet, as ever, make sure you subscribe to the Monday Night Scores wherever you get your podcasts. Well, all that's left for us to say is goodbye. So thank you all so much for listening. And until next time, this has been the Monday Night Scores. And I'm also joined by another man who's hailing all the way from the Spanish announce table, where he was heard just this last week lamenting, Por que siempre? <laughs> well pronounced. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh, dear. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Funny you're on the German table, I did that, Jesus. I've got passable German pronunciation. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Um. <laughs> what a fucking... I'm nearly 35 and I'm doing this. Hang on. Hang on. Come on. Por que siempre pasan por nuestra mesa? <laughs> so funny. Why? Do... <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> what? <laughs> Fucking hell! Why do they always go through our table? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on! Hang on! Oh, dear. Why do they always... <laughs> oh, no. It's not even fucking funny. Oh, jeez. <clears throat> Why do they always go through our table? It's the one and only lost Liam. All right, Liam. But it's kind of the jokes I didn't read it because there's no <laughs> cats in there. <laughs> <laughs> so you can fuck off an arm like Bull Rush. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, do do lost Liam now. I'm trying. <laughs> this isn't going anywhere good. <laughs> oh, I think that's the bull, that's the Bull Rush tagline in it. <laughs>
Can't really say fantastic stuff after that, guys. Like, that's my usual link, but it doesn't really work. Moving just, on. I'll just, yeah, I'll just start. I'll just start. They can just fuck off fantastic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, work in the edit. Right, hang on. Right. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> oh no, right. <laughs>